0: disney deciphered a podcast helping you save money time and stress as you plan your disney vacation not to be outdone disneyland decided to get in the fun and made their reopening announcement last week leslie covers all the details you need to know and what you need to think about if you're considering going to disneyland sometime in the near future final episode of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, apple Podcasts, google play stitcher spotify or anywhere you find podcasts and we'd really appreciate positive reviews if you'd like to support the show you can check us out on patreon.com slash disney deciphered for bonus content and bonus episodes you can also connect with us anytime disneydecipher@gmail.com, at gmail.com at www.deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page DisneyDeciphered. If you're looking to book a Disney vacation I'd be happy to help as your travel agent at no cost to you. You can email me about travel agent inquiries at josephchung at travelmation.net. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi I'm Joe from As a Joe Flies
1: and I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes
0: welcome back to Disney deciphered so we've been talking about Disney World reopening for the last couple weeks but this week we got news that Leslie's home park Disneyland is reopening so we thought we'd cover what we know so far and also what things might mean what things might look like at Disneyland so I have done very little research on what's going on with Disneyland let's start by you know what's happening what's the kind of timeline of things opening up here
1: so the timeline is really not much farther behind Disney World. And I kind of was suspecting that when Disney World set a date in, in mid-July. So downtown Disney, which is Disneyland's version of Disney Springs, is the first to open. And that's going to start on July 9th. And, you know, take it, this is a lot smaller than Disney Springs. This is just a collection of restaurants and shops, I mean, much smaller scale. And, of course, we don't know how many will be opening um, of those on the 9th. And then July 17th is the big date. That is is six days after the Magic Kingdom is opening and the Animal Kingdom is open opening. And that is when both theme parks at Disneyland are going to open. So July 17th for that. And then the final phase of the reopening is July 23rd, which is when the Grand Californian and Disney's Paradise Pier are going to be opening. And you'll notice that's only two on-property hotels. And Disneyland, of course, has three. So we'll be talking about that in just a little bit.
0: In Disney World, the hotels open first and then the theme parks. You know, the hotels are opening like a week from now, or at least the DVC ones. You know, why do you think Disneyland is doing it the opposite way?
1: Yeah, I've been really pondering that myself. I don't have a great guess. I mean, it may have something to do with, you know, staffing or, you know, I, I have no idea. But the, I guess my best guess is that perhaps they don't want to have more guests on property when the parks are opening so they can accommodate more like locals and annual pass holders, because I think that's going to be the big crunch at Disneyland. And of course, we'll talk about this as the episode goes on, is there's so many local annual pass holders in the, you know, Orange County, greater LA area, and I'm worried about capacity <laughs> and maybe by not having on-property hotels open right away, that maybe helps a little bit with that capacity on the first week.
0: So maybe, yeah, they know that there are so many locals already that they can discourage out of town guests by uh, keeping those hotels closed. All right. So let's dig into these announcements. You know, what are the main things that happened? Has Disneyland followed Disney World's suit by, you know, pausing ticket sales and requiring reservations? What's all that going to look like?
1: Yeah, I mean I'd say a lot of the basics look very much the same as what's happening at Walt Disney World. The first thing that was in the announcement from Disneyland is that this is going to be a reservation only system, and that's both for, you know, regular ticket holders as well as for annual pass holders. So everyone who wants to go to the parks is going to need to make a reservation the same as at Walt Disney World. We also don't know what that reservation system <laughs> is going to look like. I mean, this is uh I kind of feel like this could be down to the wire because here we are we're we're recording this about a month before both these parks open and we have no idea and that must be um, a little bit disconcerting for people who have vacations coming from out of town you know they've paid for plane tickets or prepaid a hotel or something like that and they're concerned about whether or not they can get a reservation to get into the parks so that's all we know reservations are going to be required and everything else is pretty much tbd and
0: then our ticket sales paused like they've done with Disney World.
1: It was a little bit different. They are paused now as of the time this episode is being released, but they were available through um, the third-party resellers, through the Getaway Todays and the Undercover Tourists and the A-Res Travels. They were available through Friday, June the 12th. So there was a chance for people who, you know, the announcement happened. They were able to go in and snag tickets and sort of get in the queue, but they are now completely shut off. I'm hearing From my from my contacts, that they may be shut off for a very long time. Like I've heard rumors, like end of August, perhaps. So we don't know, and I'm sure a lot of this will have to do with what the demand actually turns out to be and how hard reservations are to get. But this could be a really long time before people can buy tickets again for Disneyland.
0: And then, as an annual pass holder, you know, I I think Disney Hacks podcast said that there's like a million. Annual pass holders, or something like that, but then there's also the different types of annual passes. Like you have that flex pass, where you kind of already were used to making a reservation. But then there are the people who have the like kind of anytime annual pass. What do you think Disney's going to do to make those people whole? Because now they're basically on a flex pass, like you are.
1: Yeah, that's the big question, and the AP Facebook groups are lit up right now. Let me tell you. (laughs) So, because there are these very different tiers, I mean, I'm sure Disney's crunched the numbers, and if there's a way to accommodate like you know the highest tier annual passes in a different way maybe they'll do that Um, or maybe they'll do that you know not long after the parks reopen so that they don't have sort of the well we've turned your signature plus pass into a flex pass and uh, you paid a lot more money for it so that'll be interesting to navigate and of course Disney could always just sort of say this reopening period doesn't count against your annual pass so anything else you get as a bonus and you will kind of extend the length of your annual pass I mean that's Obviously on the table as well, but but it's a big big question mark. And you know, as somebody who's a Flex Pass holder, my my thought is, well, are just there going to be no reservations for me at all? Because Flex Pass is always subject to availability, right? And if there's no availability at all, you know, was that Flex Pass worth it? There's there are also a lot of challenges. My Flex Pass actually expired during the closure, and you know, should be extended by the length of time the park was closed, but it has actually disappeared entirely from the Disneyland app. So (laughs) I don't know (laughs) where my annual pass is, and I don't know whether I'm going to have to call to sort of reactivate it. I mean, it should have been done automatically, and maybe it will reappear. But in order to make reservations, I don't know what sort of what the status is. And that's a lot of people. I mean, the parks were closed for you know, a, a significant number of, of weeks. And so a lot of annual passes expired within that time. So a yeah. lot of big question marks. I feel really sorry for cast members manning phones right now.
0: Yeah, three months and counting. And uh that sounds fun, you know, figuring all that out. So I guess we should uh have patience. You know, it is my hope that they will not count this Initial time, at least, at least maybe the first month or two against the annual pass extension, but we'll see. In terms of the park experience, are we looking pretty much the same as Disney World? No character meet and greets, no fireworks, no parades. Is it pretty much like the same party line?
1: Yeah, that was in the original announcement from Disneyland, the same same lineup. You know, anything where people are going to crowd together or there's going to be close personal contact is out. But they did make an effort to talk about how the character experience is going to be. I think that the word used was reimagined or something like that. So there'll be plenty of characters, you know, to be seen just from a distance.
0: So question for you. I know that Disneyland has generally been like a character walk around randomly type park. But were those interactions, were you still like able to hug them, get autographs and stuff like that? For me, I'm wondering, is it going to be as drastically different at Disneyland since it was just like random characters wandering around before?
1: Well, there definitely were lineups for, you know, the traditional autograph and the and the photo. And there were some wandering characters and those you really couldn't get posed photos or autographs with, especially like in Fantasyland, you might, you might see somebody and you might kind of be able to saddle up next to them and get a photograph, but it wasn't like a posed one. So I still think that's probably too close for comfort under the current situation. I'm expecting more characters on things like balconies and, um, you know, behind barriers. So I do think it will look different, but I I don't think characters are quite as big of a deal at Disneyland than they, you know, as compared to Disney World. And that may just have to be with the demographic that goes to Disneyland. A lot of people who go often, locals, and so it's not the must-have experience like it is for a kid whose only trip to Disney World is happening, and they have to get every character autograph.
0: They're just going to have to get that Avengers Campus construction back on track and have Spider-Man flying over, and that will be. The uh, character interaction. Speaking of which, any news on, you know, obviously it's not going to open when it was supposed to open, but any news on Avengers Campus?
1: It has been radio silence. And I'm sure there's a lot of internal debate going on about what to do. I mean, obviously the construction probably isn't that far behind. I mean, it did shut down for a while. And, you know, I I could see though it being ready in the early fall, like September, I I could see it being ready. But the question is, do they want to open it with the crowds it's going to bring and the demand it's going to bring when they're operating, say, at maybe 25% capacity, it may not be the time to open it. So I'm really curious to see what Disney's going to do in a time when they want to suppress demand to keep it under the cap that they need. But of course, you know, they do want to fill up the parks to that point and make what money they can.
0: And of course, we think that there is going to be a crush of demand. But there's also the opposite problem that they could possibly have, and which would be having another Galaxy's Edge situation where it's open, but it's like empty because, you know, the demand isn't there or people just aren't ready to go back yet. So, like, I, get, I think in either of those scenarios, Disney loses out. So, yeah, it makes sense that they're delaying it, which, you know, brings us to Avengers Campus is a good connection to, you know, there's a lot of things kind of missing from this announcement or a lot of things that are still unknowns about Disneyland. So can you run us through some of those?
1: Yeah, lots of unknowns. I mean, this initial announcement was pretty sparse with details. And you know, I get it. Disney does want to put this out in drips and drabs or it kind of overwhelms everybody's capacity to absorb the news and they want to preserve their flexibility to make some of these decisions in the weeks between now and reopening. But uh, what was most notably missing from the announcement, and we already mentioned this, was the Disneyland Hotel. It is There's no date for it being reopened. And my understanding, at least from the travel agent side of things, is is that I think it's blocked out from making new reservations maybe through the end of September or maybe into October. So it's not going to be reopening for a while. And the word is that there's some construction going on. So clearly Disney saw an opportunity with the closure and decided there's some things we need fixing at the Disneyland hotel. So let's just start it now while we're closed. And, you know, especially with reduced capacity, continue it through the reopening. So I have no idea what's going on. I mean, I, I've commented before the Disneyland hotel is my favorite, favorite hotel, <laughs> but the rooms are getting a little tired. They need a refresh I don't think this is enough time to, like, renovate the internals of every room at the Disneyland Hotel. I don't know what's going on. I mean, there's, the pools don't need to be done. Trader Sam's doesn't need to be done. That was all just done recently. So I'm not quite sure what the renovations are. Who knows? Big question mark. But hopefully we'll have more information. I mean, this can't be secret for too long. There are too many permits out there probably that somebody can dig up and figure out what the construction is.
0: What about masks? I know Disney World said that masks would be required on Disney property, but I didn't see anything in the Disneyland announcement.
1: Yeah, that blew my mind that it wasn't in the announcement. I mean, of course, there was the usual – You know, there will be enhanced health and safety measures, et cetera, et cetera. But masks and face coverings were not specifically called out. And I found that really surprising, especially given that California, there's just a much stronger mask wearing culture here than there is in Florida. So it seems strange that, that that wouldn't just be the default. And my guess is... They're just kind of hedging their bets. I strongly, strongly, strongly suspect that masks are going to be required. I cannot see that being required at Disney World and where it's also been really enforced pretty strictly, I think, at Disney Springs. And then, you know, that not being the case in California. But of course, we all know, I know you saw the video that was circulating on Twitter this week about the big Orange County Board of Supervisors face mask debate and the the county did revoke its face mask requirement and changed it to like a strongly recommend level. So I don't know what the status is. It just doesn't seem to me that Disney would cave to that, but who knows?
0: That'll be interesting to see. You know, there are some theme parks around the country that opened without mask requirements and that have like started putting them in. And I even saw that Arizona like opened its casinos originally with no mask requirements, but then has now since, because of a spike in cases, made the masks a requirement. So I'd be surprised, too, if Disneyland doesn't do it. But we'll see that uh, Orange County electorate is very powerful. So who knows? What about park hopping?
1: So there was nothing in the official announcement about park hopping, but I have learned from Getaway Today, who has a direct line to Disney, that they were told that park hopping will be allowed. And of course, you know, the layout of the parks at Disneyland is very different than at Walt Disney World. And we're thinking, I mean, I guess we haven't been told officially that park hopping won't be allowed at Walt Disney World but given, I guess, the the proximity of the parks, then maybe there just is a need to, you know, treat these resorts differently. But that was surprising to me um, to find that park hopping is going to be allowed. Now, I do think that it will be allowed with an asterisk. Like, if one park is too full it will reach capacity and just like it does at like Christmas day, for example, and new people won't be let in or they'll have to wait until more people leave something like that. So that will be interesting to see, but usually the balance of guests in the park kind of, you know, works itself out, you know, people will hop back and forth. So there's a conservation of human beings (laughs) between the parks and their capacity, but we'll see. We'll see if that holds.
0: And then last thing I was totally surprised by this Disney kind of, I guess at Disney World it was a couple of days later that they announced that there would be no Fast Pass Plus, but I was surprised that there was no mention of FastPass or Q's at all in the Disneyland announcement.
1: Yeah, that was surprising to me, too. I mean, nothing about any of the stuff that you and I like to talk about, you know, how to navigate the lines and how to deal with your planning your park day. We don't know if FastPass is going to be around. We don't know if MaxPass is going to be turned on. We don't know about whether virtual queues will be used. It's, It's definitely a big question mark. I mean, the one thing that Disneyland has that's different from Disney World is it has a lot of queues that are really really tight and would be hard to achieve that physical distancing like I think about Peter Pan a lot of the Fantasyland queues but everything's just definitely a lot tighter at Disneyland so I would imagine that the line question mark is even bigger there just to figure out how to space people out so it'll be interesting I do myself have tickets for September I did make a reservation I did move my March trip to the end of September and I have park tickets that include MaxPass I prepaid for MaxPass so a lot of people are obviously in that boat and if MaxPass isn't turned on Disney of course will have to deal with the refunds of all of that so I kind of am wondering whether MaxPass is actually going to be the the key to all of this um, or at least the sort of technology that runs MaxPass but that's just my baseless speculation at the moment.
0: Well, we'll have to see. So let's talk about, I guess, your personal thinking about whether one should go or I not, not, we're not going to tell you whether you should or should not go. But what are the things to consider when deciding to go to Disneyland? And let me start with the, I guess, you know, smaller footprint, like, I have this impression Again, I haven't been for a long time, but I have this impression that one of the things that makes Disneyland great is that it's so compact. It's so easy to navigate. Um, It's not very big. It's not as like expansive and sprawling as Disney World or even as any of the singular theme parks in Disney World. But to me, like if someone is worried about coronavirus, that doesn't sound like an ideal situation, even at reduced capacity. And so, you know, why don't we start there and then tell me other things that we should be considering if thinking about going to Disneyland?
1: Sure. I mean, it obviously is a smaller footprint than Walt Disney World, but it's still a pretty big footprint as far as theme parks go. Think about Universal Orlando that's open. It's actually pretty similar in size and scope. I would say it's probably even bigger than Universal Orlando. But like the two parks, there's still room to spread out. I mean, Disney will have to adjust capacity accordingly. I mean, the number of people that are allowed in Disneyland Park will not be the same as the number of people allowed in Magic Kingdom. It just is not going to shake out that way. So it will be adjusted so that the feeling is similar. So I I wouldn't worry about that as much. I mean, there are a couple of choke points, but I mean, I certainly would know how and where to avoid those. And Usually they're caused by parades, which won't be running. <laughs> so I'm not as worried about that. I mean, if other smaller theme parks like, you know, Dollywood's opening in a few days, SeaWorld Orlando has opened, Bush Gardens has opened. So if those can open, then I'm not worried about Disneyland in terms of the the spacing, at least.
0: All right. So what other considerations should we be making if we're thinking about going to Disneyland? And let's just throw out the actual like flying there or anything like that since we've covered that in other episodes. But in terms of Disneyland itself, what else is there to consider?
1: So, I mean – I'll just tell you what I'm considering, because obviously with the trip on the books for September, I'm watching it closely. But, I mean, one thing I'm watching is the general Southern California coronavirus situation. I mean, up here in Northern California, we have been not, I wouldn't say spared, but our numbers have been mercifully low compared to what we, where we thought they were trending. But most of the increase in the state of California is in the L.A. area. So it's it's been really surprising, but, you know, super densely populated area and the cases keep going up. And, you know, we're told that's in part because of increased testing, but it certainly doesn't look like the same downward curve that say like New York city has had. So I would, you know, be watching and waiting on that. I mean, initially I think everybody's guess was, Southern California was going to fare better in the long term than Florida, and uh, that's not looking <laughs> as much to be the case. I mean, I think they're probably equal, at least at this point, in terms of what the the risk in the general population is. But I haven't I haven't done the per capita comparison. Let's let's just say that. But yeah, I would just keep watching <laughs> Come that. On, because... Do
0: the work, Leslie.
1: Yeah, sorry, I you know I'm not doing data analysis of uh, coronavirus outbreaks in my spare time right now. But just my general sense is that. It's worse than I expected it to be, and now with everything in LA and Orange County opening this week into Phase Three, the next couple of weeks are going to be really crucial to see what happens with those case numbers. So I'm watching that because uh, we're still locked down in Northern California. <laughs> we I tell you that all the time, <laughs> the last place in the country to open, I think.
0: And then what about the you know all these annual pass holders that we're talking about? Obviously, we can't predict what. People are going to decide, but how might that affect people's decisions to go into Disneyland?
1: Yeah, that's something I'm watching a lot myself. I mean, there are just a lot more annual pass holders. A lot of them really miss Disneyland. I think there will be more AP demand in Southern California than there is in Florida. And also, when you look at the demographics of the annual pass holders, I mean, there are a lot of millennials, maybe even older, like Gen The people who are in very low risk categories, those are the people who are going to take that chance to go to Disneyland because they're just not as concerned about uh, the health implications for themselves. So I just think the numbers are going to be interesting to watch. And I'm curious how Disneyland If they're going to allocate availability of reservations, you know, one bucket for annual pass holders, one bucket for people with multi-day tickets who are coming in from, say, out of town or something like that. So that'll be very, very interesting to watch because that could affect the availability of reservations for anybody who wants to go. And and I'm concerned about it because I guess I'm technically in both buckets. I'm an annual pass holder, but for my September trip, I do have... um, like a multi-day three-day ticket for that because my ap will be expired so who knows
0: yeah and i think that like on last episode we said that at disney world you'll be able to make last minute trips more readily i wonder if that will be harder at disneyland just because you figure ap holders are just going to be like monitoring reservations if they are tight or even if they're open they're monitoring them to go last minute so if more ap holders are going to be taking those last minute trips, then it'll be harder for like the general user to take a last minute
1: trip. For sure. There's definitely going to be the fastest finger component. I think at, at Disneyland all across the board, a long-term and short-term.
0: All right. Last question relative to their capacities. What do you think is going to be a harder ticket to get? Disney World or Disneyland? Basic speculation time.
1: I think Disneyland is going to be the harder ticket to get. The reservation time you mean?
0: Yeah. 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 That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, Yeah. No, I think Disneyland will be, will be harder to get. We'll see. We'll see. He, what do you think, Joe?
0: No, I agree because Disneyland, you have so many people who like are ready to go. It's like the whole thing about it being for locals, right? For Disney World, it's a huge song and dance for a lot of people to go to Disney World, so you know they're not necessarily gonna take the risk with their trip or going to be less willing to take the risk with their trip. But if I live in LA County or Orange County or wherever, I'm, I'm probably going to, if I see availability, grab it last minute and go, or, you know, I can play it by ear much more. All right. So, you know, that covers most of the news and some of our speculation. Why don't you give us a Disneyland reopening do or don't, Leslie?
1: All right. So for those of you who are going for the rest of 2020 or are considering a 2021 trip, my Disney do is do stay in a hotel within walking distance at Disneyland. I mean, this is something I highly recommend already, but the advantage of Disneyland over Disney World right now during this reopening period is that there are so many hotels within walking distance. And when you stay in a hotel within walking distance, you avoid so many touch points that we're all looking to avoid right now with transportation and rental cars and shuttles and all of those kind of things. And there are just so many choices. I myself am going to be staying at uh, the Courtyard Anaheim theme park entrance Uh, right across the street has a great water park and I won't have to take any shuttles if of course I'm able to go in September fingers crossed so yeah I highly recommend that and you know of course new ticket sales are closed right now but people can be planning 2021 vacations so you know go ahead and be looking at hotel availability I think those walking distance hotels are going to be more popular than ever so start locking those in because all of 2021 is open right now for a lot of hotels
0: great tip all right so that does it for disneyland if you have questions please email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com connect with us on twitter at wdw deciphered or hit us up on our facebook page disney deciphered and we'd love to hear your thoughts about reopening whether you're going to go whether you prefer to go to disneyland or disney world you know let us know whatever you have other than that thank you so much leslie for taking the time to let me know about disneyland and i will see you at the courtyard surprise i'm coming on your trip
1: thanks joe <laughs> Thank you.